The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hi guys, Macca19 here and you are listening to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast live on Port Fan Radio. I'm with Rick. How are you, buddy? I'm really, really good. That's the yes. way. Another win. Yeah. Another win. Amazing. It's a good start to the season. No matter how, what way you want to look at it, three out of three, it's a good start. It's a great start. And, you know, I, I noticed a few of us supporters are sort of complaining about the game and, you know, we didn't maybe dominate like other games. But I thought we did dominate, to be honest. Oh, um, yeah. Outside the first quarter, you know, I... I I think the difference with this game to last year or the year before, I think we were able to control momentum even though even when we didn't have it better. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think that was a, a differentiator for me um, on on Sunday night. It was a bit scrappy and boring that second half, <laughs> but you know, tough conditions too, right? It was. It was uh, very wet through that second quarter. Very, very wet. And, uh, I thought it could have rained a little bit more, really. And, God. You know, what, what was the problem? Actually, they, <laughs> hand, they, they actually handled the conditions pretty well, really. They did. We'll get to that a bit later. They certainly did. Um, but yes, very wet. Uh, made it for interesting viewing. And um, look, three wins out of three games. It's a good start to the season. You can only play who you're scheduled to play. And... Uh, it's not our fault we've been scheduled to play three teams that are probably, you know, not looking all that great. Although Gold Coast hey, has Gold, come up in Gold the last Coast couple of weeks. Frio's been competitive. They push Brisbane. That's true. This week will Sorry. be the big test against West Coast, a team that, um, you know, we have a bit of a love-hate relationship with. And, uh, you know, that, that'll be the big test because they're, they're a very good side. Probably not uh, playing all that well at the moment, but uh, well, they wouldn't want to be one and they wouldn't want to be one and three either, would they? No, absolutely not. Absolutely. So they're not. gonna they're gonna be hungry. We if we win that game, I think a lot more people are gonna start believing that uh, hey, we've got a team that's uh, looking pretty good this year. Absolutely. So to get things started, let's do our love and hate. One thing we loved, one thing we hated about Port Adelaide this week, mate. Uh, I'll start with let's do the hates first this week. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go with the obvious, which is Essendon and their players. That's that's an obvious hate, right? Wankers. Um, um, or the the such VFL bias that creates illogical decisions, like leaving all the Victorian teams in Victoria, the COVID mm. state, uh, which jeopardises the whole competition in the first place. Yep. I'm gonna go with. I hate listening to our broadcast week in week out feeling like i'm listening to a bunch of commentators commentating their favorite team which isn't port adelaide it just gives me the shits um and it would just be nice to even hear a neutral broadcast let alone a just always a biased broadcast broadcast trying to get us to lose basically that's what i feel like yeah i i agree 100 percent um i thought I don't know. Jared Healy has a bit of a strange relationship with Port. Sometimes he's on our back. Sometimes it feels like he, everything he says is just a bit of a dig at our club. So, and, and it felt like that on the weekend. I don't know. Like we were dominating play, and 
It was still, oh, Port aren't very good. Oh, they should be doing this. Da, da, da. I don't know. He, I don't know if uh, if the COVID crisis has got to him a little bit in his old age, but uh, I don't know. He seemed a bit narky on the weekend. He's always like that. He's new. He's either neutral to us or highly prolific in his love for anyone that's beating us, Yeah, which allows him to be overly negative towards us. But I feel like every commentator is all, is is coached to be like that against Port Adelaide. It's it's like you know we just you know we just can't get an, an, a neutral or semi realistic um, call of the game mm. yeah, un- unless we want to listen to Five Double A, which yeah. don't really want to. Oh, really? If we only had more time in our lives, Macca. I know, right? I know. <laughs> I know. Well, let's see if we can make it happen at some point. Yeah, and what was yours? My hate has got to be X. Sexy Xy, mate. Ah, oh, man. Ping. Devastated. Went down like he was shot in the back. The pinger. The ping of the pinger hamstring. Strike, strikes again. It uh, yeah. it looked like he would be out for the season. <laughs> when he did it, <laughs> you think, oh, my God, he's ripped it off the bone. Like, that's it. It's going to need skin grafts and friggin' all sorts of shit to get back. This is going to be a three-year injury, but no, it's just a three-week injury. So not too bad. Not too bad. Mm. Um, you know, you'd take that. With how it looks, you'd, t- you'd take a three-weeker. He's valuable, though, man. He's a big loss for a second-year player. I mean, that's how well he's done in our side. He just provides a lot of link-up play, run and carry, kicks <laughs> goals. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think who's going to replace him. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, he gets in great position on the switch... He, he drops back to that sort of half-back flank for the switch and then he just bolts off with the ball. You know, he's become a real sort of 70, 80-metre player in that aspect because he can run sort of 20 metres and hoof it down the field. Um, and yes, that is going to be a big uh, a big miss for our side. Um, who replaces him? I'm not too sure at this point. My, uh, my guess is Motlop to the wing and they bring in Williams. Hmm. I mean, people are talking about Bergman. I think he's a chance. I think, um, you know, if I'm using my head, I would say Sam Mays because he's got experience coming up against West Coast. I think we might need that. It doesn't matter about pace. I think it just matters about ability to get the ball and use his Mm. skills. He's a a pretty neat kick of the footy, so that's what I like about Sam Mays. Um, And look, he hasn't had a go at Port Adelaide yet, and um, this might just be his opening. Mm. I still like the Williams call. I'm, I'm on my own call. Mm. Let's get Williams in the side. Put him up there with Robbie. He's supposed to be a bit of a jet, isn't he, Macca? You're a big Williams fan? I wouldn't say he's a jet, um, but he's a he's a gun. <laughs> if that makes any difference. Um, he's not a rocket? He's not a rocket, no. I don't think he's got explosive pace, but um, he certainly knows where good, the goals are. That's for sure. He's got a good goal sense. A lot him. of X factor, yeah. Yeah, well, then there you go. We're replacing X with X. X with X, that's it. Uh, what was yeah. your love this week, mate? Um, well, there was many. Uh, I, I love our three-tall forward line, which I think is functioning really well, and we're using them really well. Indeed. I mean, that could be a, that could be a love. Uh, our, our defensive unit and the restriction of scores could be another love. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to um, to the much maligned Ollie Wines 
yeah. I, uh, I I thought first game back, big injury, long layoff, you know, then the ridiculous suspension. Um, yeah, he came out. Yeah, he was a little bit rusty, some of his disposals and and stuff. But uh, I mean, overall, I thought he had a very very good game for his first game back, and you know, you couldn't ask for much more really. No, not really. 25 touches, 6 clearances, 14 contested disposals and kicked a goal late as well. Um, you know, Given the off-season that he had, uh, all the pressure that he's been under uh, from the supporter base from last year through to this year, um, obviously missing the showdown with the, uh, with the ill-timed interview, uh, you know, he had a great game. He had a very, very good game. I did think Bokey was best on ground, though. But oh, yeah, sure. he, uh, yeah. But yeah, I thought he had a very good game, and and I think like even I've been you know saying in a year, I oh, will fucking trade him at the end of the year, and let's try and get the best pick. But he's not a, he's not an easily replaceable player either. Yeah, because no, there's not many players that you know he was probably rusty, and he's still got 25 possessions. So, and I think you pointed that out on the forum. It's not that easy to get a natural ball winner. Yeah, that's true. So it we need, true. we need, if that was you, I think it was, was it you that said no, that? No, it wasn't me. I don't no, think it was well, me. Some, I might have been Phil Fee or something, but it's true. It's like, it is hard to find a natural ball winner that can get 25 plus, you know, week in, week out, yeah. regardless of their disposal. So, yeah. um, you know, so I guess we, we do, all of us supporters, even though we're impatient, we need to be careful what we wish for, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, my love this week. There's got to be the marking of uh, Charlie Dixon. Yeah. Which good, was isn't just it? the highlight of the game for me in mm. you know, horrendous conditions through that second quarter, which made the whole rest of the game slippery and wet. Um, to have five contested marks in that sort of weather is just phenomenal. And, um, you know, it's rare to see a key forward just clunk, sticky, just so sticky where his hands, like, it didn't even bobble. It was just like, bang, there it is. Straight in his mitts, mm. and uh, that was uh, that was a great game. He's in fantastic form at the moment. Kicked two goals, two probably should have kicked four because he uh, mm. I think he hit the post twice. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's looking good. You know what? You know what the difference is though, and why he's taking those marks because they're not plonking them on top of his head. They're making him run to the ball a little bit. Yeah, and so that makes no, most of it, it does make a difference. Like his doesn't matter how tall you are if you're static and just trying to jump up it's easy for the defenders to run up behind and and spoil but the moment you got this guy that's six foot nine and he's leading at half pace alone full pace to the ball i mean it's almost impossible to stop right so Mm. you know our, our midfielders are actually being a little bit smart with the delivery to him which is yeah, it's only taken five years, but uh, <laughs> hey, better late than never, right? I mean, it's only taken um, five years for him to be an actual target instead of fucking Sam Gray or Jake Need. So, yeah, amazing yes. what happens when you have a two hundred and two centimeter tall target to kick to up forward. Yeah, well, hey, and it, it makes Todd Marshall and uh, and Justin Westhoff look more valuable too, right? Because they they were both great again. More... Yeah, they've got they've got more space. Like Toddy's taking some good marks, he's reading the play well, you know, and uh, they're all working well together. But you know, people get sucked into following Dixon on the lead, and that gives space for those guys to be able to get an opportunity as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess we should 
have a quick chat about the big talking point of the weekend, which is Conor McKenna testing positive to COVID-19. Uh, sounds like he may have broken a couple of rules. And, uh, what are your sounds thoughts like. on this? Is it a bit of a storm in a teacup or you know, should the book be thrown at him and Essendon? What are your thoughts, mate? No, I think the AFL and their bias to the Victorian sides is really at fault here, right? They're always pandering to the Victorian aspect of football. And logic showed that the New South Wales Victoria was still the the COVID prone states. They hadn't reduced it. They reduced it, but it was still pre- it was still around. Now it's becoming prevalent again in Victoria. Um, when the logic would have been to get the twelve divided by three, WASA and Gold Coast, and uh, or you know, even if it wasn't SA, W and WA with the Wacker and, and Optus, if Wacker's still around, I think it is. And, uh, and then you got Brisbane and, and Metricon and, and had either two or three hubs, right? Maybe SA and NT was a hub. Um, mm. you know, and you would have had six teams in each state. Um, those three states have pretty much got no COVID at all. And it wouldn't have been a problem, right? Because the chances of catching it would have been exemplar, tiny. Um, can't even talk tonight. And, um, yeah, I just think it's just crazy. So, yeah, we could blame uh, the obvious, which is Conor McKenna, or whatever his name is, going out and and breaking rules and, and catching COVID, which compromises now Essendon, you know, which then compromises Sydney, which potentially compromises North Melbourne. Um, but I think that's losing sight of the bigger issue, which is the short-sightedness of the Victorian sides. It was okay for the interstate side, so to speak, to go into hubs, but not for them, right, yeah. where they were the ones at risk. And to yeah. me, so I'm, to me, I'm dirty on the Victorian clubs and the AFL for letting them get away with it and pandering once again. And I hope that soon the supporters and the interstate sides stand up at some stage and say this is bullshit and enough's enough. Mm. I do agree with your point there. I think um, well, he needs some sort of penalty because it's, it's not hard to... Follow rules, man. Like, you know, we all know what situation we're in. We all know what rules we have to follow. Just do it. Like, it's not that difficult. Just do it. <laughs> it's not going to be for long. Just do it. And, uh, you know, he's put the entire AFL at risk, basically, um, just for his own selfishness, which uh, isn't great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look, he needs to be suspended or whatever. And, and uh, you know what, if Essendon can't field a team, well, they get kicked out, right? And uh, and what a better club for it to happen to. There's probably none other. But yes, and again, and testing positive, mate. It's, uh, it's like bread and butter. <laughs> That's right. But So, yeah, I mean, they're negligent as well and they've compromised the competition. But ultimately, if the AFL had some, had some uh, courage, you know, we probably wouldn't have been in this position anyway. But it. it's frustrating. As a supporter, it's frustrating because honestly, Macker, I don't like. It's taken off in Victoria again. So yeah. you know, what are they going to do? They all I can see is they're going to have to just move them out, which means then they're going to have to go in a quarantine wherever they go for a couple of weeks before um, before they can start up. So that means none of the Victorian sides. Um, you know, can participate for a couple of weeks. So yeah. it's, the only, it's the only thing I can see. If it's not this week, it's going to be next week. Yep. I think that's fair. James Murray on uh, Spreaky Chat has said, amazing rant, Rick, which uh, which it was. Very good. Thank you. 
Very, very good. Well, let's get on to the main review. And uh, round three saw us play Fremantle. And uh, look, it was a dominant second quarter in the wet, which saw us win by 29 points. Uh, 10 goals, 10 to 6 goals, 5. Uh, Justin Westhoff and Charlie Dixon kicked two goals each for the winners, mate. Um, you want to give us a quick review of the match? What a game. Oh, look, I think um, Frio were competitive in the first quarter. And uh, and I made mention in uh, in our chat that I I just thought our inside mids were a bit sloppy in the first quarter, um, which resulted in a, a couple of turnovers. You know, there was some sloppy free quick kicks that sort of assisted them as well. Yep. And uh, yeah, and but we sort of hung in there. You know, we didn't let it. We didn't fall behind. You know, we're still in front for a fair chunk of that quarter. Um, but because of our our inside mids were just that off the ball, off the mark a little bit. You know, they Frio were able to, you know, take advantage of a, a nice inside 50 count, which the commentators pointed out was first time in a while that we, I think, eight, the whole eight quarters that we lost an inside 50 for a quarter. So, um, yep. you know, so, yeah. But, I mean, I wasn't, like, <clears throat> terrified that we were just out of the game. It was just, we just lacked that bit of polish. So, I don't know if it was the the different atmosphere, a bit more humidity up on the Gold Coast or whatever. Um, but yeah, though, and obviously Ollie was probably one of the prime examples. You know, a lot of a lot of gives that probably weren't to his best decision making or were a bit sloppy. And but Tom Rockcliffe wasn't that great in the first quarter either. So, but yeah, I mean, but then obviously after the break we had that deluge, which was amazingly <laughs> thick. You know, yeah. but even Adelaide's getting it at the moment, aren't we? So, yeah. um, but the boys were fantastic. You know, the midfielders lifted their game. Um, you know, the inside mids, they used the ball better. We were able to create run and carry, dominated, dominated what the inside 50s were like 18 and zip, um, you know, taking marks in the forward line. Um, you know, it was perfect football for those conditions, just played long, direct, and eventually, you know, our inside 50 differential caused us to be influential. And I think the other player that I missed was um, Scott Lysett, right? He, uh, mm. he probably didn't have a great first quarter, but. You know, he started to impose his size uh, as the game went on. And I guess I sort of, I couldn't, I guess I wasn't shaking my uh, negative criticism of Lysette from the first quarter because I thought he was pretty bog average, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but by the end of the game, you know, plenty of hit-outs to advantage, a lot of hit-outs, good, good influence around it, nullified lob, lob so, uh, you know, he did his job. So sometimes I think as supporters we need to... Uh, shape that preconceived idea we have of somebody and just give them the and really pay attention for a whole game I guess but and then yeah look the second half was scrappy yeah right it wasn't, it, was wasn't pretty. it wasn't pretty you know Frio I think flooded our forward half um which hey and teams have done that in the past smacker yeah. right they and what they but in the past even though we play that high press zone they they've flooded our forward line and then they've been able to run it out, right? And that's and then we get these games where we lose by three or four goals, where we're sort of dominating but we haven't capitalised on it. Whereas, I think what was noticeable, you know, this week is when that was happening, we were still able to keep momentum. Yeah, right. And I, I agree. I, yeah. And I think our our forward or our forward fifty or our midfield pressure at the ball and the ball carrier is a lot better. Um, you know, our structure obviously has tweaked a little bit to stop those teams just be able to do the 
end-to-end goals on the rebound through fighting, fighting our lines and then and then running the ball. Um, we've been able to nullify that. So whoever, if we give that credit to Monty or someone else, you know, there's been a tweak there that stopped it, right? And, and so I'm not saying we're going to win the premiership this year, but I do wonder if each year we've just learnt a new skill in our game plan and this year we're just sort of connecting it all together. But Let's hope yeah. so. Let's hope so. Look, you mentioned in the preview podcast that um, you thought maybe Fremantle might be more settled because they've been up there longer. They've had a chance to settle into the hub and all that sort of stuff. We're coming off the showdown. And it certainly looked that way in the first quarter that uh, Frio looked the more settled team they came to play. We were probably 10% off. Um, you know, we were still kicking goals, still getting the ball, but um, you know, we were just a little bit behind Frio. And as you said, the rain came and uh, and then that was all over. Um, you know, we just dominated from that point on. The second half was very, very scrappy. Um, look, there were times where it looked like Frio might just start to get the momentum, but I thought the important thing that we did was that, you know, if they, if they kicked a goal and it was important for us to get that next clearance, we got that next clearance. We got that settling goal just to settle the nerves a little bit, uh, which I thought was really important. And uh, that's why we came away with uh, with a reasonable win. Reasonable win. Yeah, well, well, look, our, outside of Robbie, they've probably had a very average game. Like Our senior players are all stepping up so so early in the season, week in, week out, you know. Westos playing well, so kudos to him. And you know, I can't you know, can't bag him. He's he's doing his role up forward. I think you know that's where he just needs to be, not that swinging half backman. Just play him up forward, right? Yeah. And just let him be that third key tall. Um, Travis obviously is amazing. Rockcliffe's having more influence this year. Um, you know, Motlop is doing his bits where he has to. So I think all our senior players are standing up. And I'd hang on, I don't know, maybe maybe the Lysett effect is a little bit noticeable. Maybe his big body and his aggression, because he loves to be aggressive, just makes a bit of a difference with the midfielders. Maybe. Let's talk about Scotty Lysett, because he was fantastic throughout the game. He had 37 hitouts. He really monstered Lob, who only had 17. And he was able to consistently get the ball to our players' advantage time and time again, which I thought was great. Um you know, I, I had Rory Lobb as one of the danger players in my um, in my preview, and it certainly didn't turn out that way. Yeah, he had an absolute stinker, and uh, Lysett dominated, which was great. Yeah, Scotty was just probably... I think, again, Scotty was probably off with the midfielders in the first quarter. His hitouts, you know, weren't really to advantage. Um, you know, they were being nullified, but yeah. After the first quarter, he did a, he did a great job, but yeah, I just, I mean, I think every team, you know, he's probably a bit like that, like a Shane Mumford type player, right? Mm. Um, you know, not the most agile and athletic, but big and and aggressive. You know, and I think you need that in a Ruckman. You need that big body and you need him blocking and hitting and getting in the way of the little players because, you know, that's what they do. And, and, and that's the intimidation that they provide, which then gives your midfielders more confidence to get in there because you know you're going to be protected by those big players. And and that's definitely what he does. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and like you said, you know, after that first quarter, his hit-outs, hit-outs to advantage went up. Um, I think he had four at half-time, and I think he had 22 hit-outs at half-time. Um, yeah, so he was, uh, he was yeah, building into the game nicely. And I love his... I love his porn stache. It's great. <laughs> it is filthy. 
That's the filthiest moustache I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Suits him well. It's good. It is. Let's talk about uh, Travis Boak, the, uh, the ex-captain, who is just, uh, you know, continuing his fantastic form of the last year and a bit now. Uh, he had 26 touches, six clearances, kicked a goal, a couple of goal assists as well, seven tackles. Um, you know, he was best on ground again. And, uh, you know, he's having a fantastic start to the season. Leading the Players Association votes by two points, right? He is, and look, you know, potentially could be on nine Brownlow votes as well. Could be. He probably deserves to be, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, and the other, I think the noticeable thing too is he's using the ball very well. Yeah. Right? Sometimes we can be a little bit critical of his disposal, but, you know, I mean, and every player that gets a lot of ball burns a bit of ball, but his um, overall, I think his disposal this year to me is noticeably better than what it's been in previous years. So I wonder if that maybe is the Schofield influence. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It could be. I think Jared was a great ball user. I think he look he's looking fitter than what he did through that sort of two year patch where he was playing on the forward flank. Uh, he's having a, a bit more time with the ball in his hand so he can sort of look up and look at his options a bit more and sort of uh, pinpoint his kicks a bit more, I think. So mm. he's um yeah, you know, he's just having a monster start of the year, and uh, long may it continue. He's uh, he's fantastic. Yes, I agree. So very, very happy for Trav and all the senior players. What about Westy? Westy was great again. I couldn't fault his game either. You know, a couple of goals, took some really nice marks. Um, you know, he's just doing what Westy does, and uh, yeah, hasn't really had a brain fart moment yet this year, which uh, which is no. concerning coming up against West Coast, but. His intensity's been up too, though, right? It is. absolutely is. I think he's um, he's enjoying playing more forward, especially with some other tall forward options up there for once. Um, yeah. And he's allowed to get off the leash a little bit, which is good. Well, I think Marshall and him both benefit from Dixon, right? Because Dixon sucks up that, creates a void behind him. And then, then what do you do? You, do you double-team Westhoff or you double-team Marshall? So... They're going to be stuck, one yeah. way or the other, the opposition. So, and who would have thought that's that's why you play three tall forwards if you can? I mean, I, I mean, it's great that Ken Hinckley's revolutionising football and, and doing something different. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. And look, Todd Marshall had a great game as well. I thought. Um, I thought what was really noticeable was his uh, one grab possessions off the ground. Like he was just mm-hmm. so clean in wet weather. Uh, it was like watching Pete Treadray out there with that, uh, with those sort of pickups, um, mm. and he was just great with his disposal as well. I thought, I thought he um, maybe just maybe just his set shot could have been a little bit better. Yeah, it could have been absolutely. He probably deserved another goal. Uh, but I think t- so. Look, yeah. to end up with five goals from your key forwards in uh, in terrible weather is uh, is a pretty good effort. Yeah, and I thought uh, Dan Houston looked a lot more settled down back than in the midfield. Uh, he did. Yep. No doubt about that. I thought he had a, a much better game than what he's shown so far this year. Um, yeah. Just did his job. No fuss. No, he just uses the ball well, but he knows he gets in the right spots in the de- defensive half running and then running forward. I just think, yeah, he just it was his best game for the year, easily. Yeah, for sure. Trevor How McKenzie, about, um, the cannon. I was going to say, what about Cleary? So what about you? What about Cleary and McKenzie together? I thought McKenzie was okay. Yeah. Looked a bit shaky early on, but sort of wore his way into the game. And Cleary, I think, was the same. A couple of slips and uh, 
you know, a couple of mix-ups early on, but then sort of worked his way into the game. Mm. Look, overall, they had a very good game. You know, Tabernay kicked two goals in the first quarter, I think it was. Then he pretty much didn't touch the ball again. Uh, Hogan didn't have a kick until, you know, the last quarter. Um, and as we said, sort of Lobb had no sort of influence up forward either when he was there. Um, look, I thought all three of our defenders, Cleary, Jonas and McKenzie, had a very good game. No, Jonas um, was the pick of the bunch, though. I thought he Jonas did really Jonas was very well. good, yeah. Didn't give away any frees, intercepted anything that came near him. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, great captain's game, let alone defender's game. He was, uh, yeah, he was awesome. So, uh, yeah. Absolutely. It was nice to see McKenzie get a little bit further up the ground and start delivering inside 50 a little bit as well, I thought. Yes. And, you know, he saw some nice uh, long kicks from Trent. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, two of the younger guys, uh, Rosie and Butters, they they were pretty quiet. Rosie got a bit of a head knock early on in the piece and looked a little bit rattled for the rest of the game from there and didn't spend any real time in the midfield at all. He seemed to be you know, plonked up forward a fair bit. Butters didn't get a lot of the ball. He only had the nine touches, but I thought, again, similar to Marshall, like he was just so clean and, and clever with his disposal. Yeah, when he gets it, he uses it well, right? And same with Connor, you know. Great user of the ball, and you know, I guess they're young still, and they're going to have uh, quieter games. And I guess that's where we need the senior boys to step up to cover it, because yeah, they're not they're not going to be there. They're game in, game out. But yeah, Connor took a big hit there, didn't he? It was a bit of a worry that it might have been a fractured cheekbone for a while. Mm. So that's fortunate. Imagine losing both Dersmer and, and Rosie; that would have been a nightmare. Yeah, that would not have been fun. That wouldn't have been fun. Uh, what did you think of? Uh, mental blank. Tom Rockliffe, how did you find his game? I find it like, I guess I was concentrating on wines because it was his first game back, but I always find it hard following the midfielders. I don't know why. It's just like, but um, I thought he was okay. I, I think like Ollie, I, I think he could have been maybe a little bit cleaner with the ball. And sometimes his handball decision-making is a little bit off. And usually that's his, greatest strength right and so he did i don't think he always hit the best player available but hey it's easier when you're watching it on tv to out on the field with half a second and you're going to get swamped uh so but look i think he's had a great start to the year i question whether he was actually in our best 22 in the in the lead up to the season Mm. based on prior years and his age and everything else but um he doesn't seem to be getting exposed for his lack of pace like we saw in previous seasons so his positioning must be better. And, yeah, yeah look, he does his job. How many, what did he end up with for the game? Uh, he ended up with 19. He had uh, eight in the last quarter. And I thought his last quarter was very, very good. Uh, you know, he didn't really have a lot of impact in the first half, but, you know, not everybody can have an impact, I guess. You know, when we had Boak dominating and Wines dominating. So that's two sort of inside midfielders that are getting a lot of the ball. They can't all get a lot of the ball, I guess. Well, I guess we're also missing 16 minutes of a game, right? So, yeah. you know, 26, 25 disposals probably, you know, equivalent to low 30s and, and 19, 20 is probably equivalent to uh, uh, mid-20s. So, uh, yeah. So I, I, I keep forgetting about that too because I keep yeah, thinking, yeah, that's right. they're, they're, they're disposal are a bit down, aren't they? But, yeah, there's 16 minutes gone too. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I think everyone was serviceable. I mean, Motlop was a little bit more quiet than the previous yeah, weeks. He was a bit but down. He still did his job, though, right? 
I, I liked his defensive pressure up forward. And look, he only had five touches, but it felt like he had more. Like, I felt like mm. he had pretty decent impact with those five touches. Mm. I think, well, that's, uh, our, that's our takeaway from this year, I think, so far. Our defensive pressure by every uh, section of the ground has just been amazing. Yeah. Pressuring the ball. Car- I mean, SPP is another one. I don't think he had mass stats, but I wouldn't drop him because his pressure in each game has been amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, look, our, d- our defensive pressure has been fantastic. Um, you know, kudos to the defensive team so far because uh, yeah. we've really limited the scores going against us. And our defensive group, which I think we all thought at the start of the year was a little bit shaky, um, you know, oh, there's no Dougal Howard anymore. What are they going to do? Yada, yada. But so far, yes, we've only played Gold Coast, Adelaide and Frio, but three very good defensive efforts. And uh, that should give them a lot of confidence going forward. Absolutely. And I mean, I guess if I think of that Richmond-style game plan, I mean, they really only play, well, they've got one and a half tall forwards. I mean, Rewalt's a tall forward, but he's not necessarily that tall. So they've only got Lynch, right? So, Mm. you know, I mean, they were the players that exposed us. So that's, as I said last week, that'll be the intriguing thing for me, I guess. Some of the better teams, well, West Coast will be the great test this week with Darling and uh, and Kennedy and and Nick Nack. They'll be Lysett and Nick Nack will be an interesting one. Yeah, absolutely, it will. I thought Hamish Harlett had a very good game again. He's just patrolling that half back line like a boss at the moment. Uh, listen to the Hamish love. You've been waiting years to be able to drop Hamish's name every week. It is great to see finally. Like he just seems settled in that position now and. He's playing some monster footy at the moment. You, you got a, um, you I got think a number eight. Tats. You got a number eight prison Guernsey. Uh, look, it might be on its way, mate. <laughs> no, look. So, like, I mean, we've all been frustrated with Hamish. I think for his uh, probably not delivering to his top level year in year out. Um, but he's a he's a loyal club man, and he puts his body on the line. And you know, you can't question that part of Hamish. So, uh, look, I hope that he can finish. He's probably got, what do you reckon, probably four or five years left in him? Uh, maybe three. Maybe three? Yeah. So, you maybe. Know, I mean, look, we've all been hypercritical of all these senior players, but, you know, it'd be nice to, to see all of them get a couple of years of, you know, extended success, whether it's making a grant grand final or winning one I think you know they've done the hard yards and hopefully they can they've got the passion there to and a desire to actually take it to the next level now yeah all right let's go to our big footy questions and the first one is from someone called fishing rick 04 um did our inside mid stink in the first quarter did they macker a little bit, yeah. I think they were definitely a little bit off. Um, and you look at uh, Frio, you know, Fife had a very good first quarter. Uh, Walters had a very good first quarter. Darcy Tucker had eight touches in the first quarter. Um, then didn't touch it for two quarters. Um, so, yeah, look, I thought uh, Frio's inside midfield group certainly started with a bank. And ours were, as I said, about 10% off. But then uh, once the rain came, we got our structures in place and, you know, we were just getting... First possession time and time again. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, next question is from Andre. It's related to Rick's question. Did our midfield lack pace with all of Rockliffe, Boak and Wines there? No, I don't think so. I, do, I didn't think that was the, the issue. I just think, you know, we we just handballed to a player that probably wasn't in a better position sometimes and and we were a bit sloppy with the handballs. They, you know, they weren't crisp, they were low, um, you know, yeah, they were a bit fumbly. Uh, we just did direct turnovers. Um, yeah, I just think we were just sloppy. I don't think pace was a problem. Yeah, I don't think pace was a problem either. I think it was just um, we weren't getting first hands on the ball at that point, um, which we were able to do after, which was great. Yeah. Uh, Andre also asked, who do you want to replace Dersman? Who do you think Ken will pick to replace him? Yeah, well, I sort of gave that away already. I'm, go- I'm going Williams with Motlop to the wing. Yep. My head says Mays. Um, my stomach says Bergman, I reckon. I reckon that's mm. who Ken will pick. And uh, Ryan in the speaker chat wants to see Bergman come in as well. So, look, let's make it happen. Let's get the debutant in there. Yeah. Let's see how he can go. I like it. Uh, Simba has asked, uh, how enjoyable is Hartlett's consistency as an ex-hardcore band-looking general back there on a scale of one broken guitar to ten? Oh, this sounds like a question for you, Macca. Look, he's he's on about eight broken guitars, I reckon, at the moment. He's at bad brains level, I think. Um, I think he's uh, he's had a great start to the season, as I said. And, um, yeah, he does look like a general back there at the moment. He's, he's looking like a smaller version of um, Greg Phillips right now. Yes. Yeah. I like it. That's uh, needs to be said there. Yep. Uh, Simba has also asked, how long can Hoff's accuracy last? Oh, man, I, I was wondering that too. He was, he's doing so well. Um, I give him until we play Geelong. Ooh. Okay. Geelong seems to be the side where if anything's going to go wrong, it's against those smarmy little mongrels, <laughs> which I, who I hate. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. Next question is from the FVK. Uh, have either of you bought an MG yet? No. No, neither have I. Neither Why have I. Why would I? And uh, it's the, I always wanted an MG when I was younger. Um, probably won't now, but uh, yeah, the cars look pretty bloody snazzy though. I have to say, do they? I haven't really looked. I reckon they they look alright. Do they? Oh, yeah. I'll have to check them out. What have they got? They got any sports cars? Uh, sportish cars, yeah. Well, they got a, have they just got an S, SUV line like everybody else. Uh, they've got an SUV line. Yes, they do as well. Yeah. I'd be happy just with a Mazda SUV, Macca. Mm. I like my Mazda SUV. It's good. Uh, the FVK has also asked, will our 2006 draft class hit 1,000 games? Well, I hate to tell you, FVK, but they already have hit 1,000 games. <laughs> so, <laughs> by my calculations, and look, I'm no mathematician, but I've got them on 1,057 games at the moment. Is that all? <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's definitely our biggest and best draft class, you would think. Maybe maybe he forgot a player. Well, who is maybe. there? There's Westoff, well, Robbie. Boak, there's Boak, Stewart, Cracker, Gray, Westoff, David Roden, 
and uh, Williams and Koshell also played a couple of games. I wonder if he, I, I was wondering if he was just meaning the the main players, the remaining players. Oh. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. What's that? Four, we've got four players, right? Yes. Oh, I can't see that happening. That's not going to happen. There's still, yeah, over 200 games out. From Are they? Boat, Boat Gray and West. Oh, I can't see them playing 200 more games together. No, that's a lot of games. That's three, at least. That's, that's three, over three seasons worth. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm. Well, the way Boat, the Boat, Westoff's probably go forever. <laughs> he, look, so, he, he might be able to get a thousand on his own at this rate. <laughs> he's the new, he's the new Michael Tuck, right? He is the new Michael when, Tuck. Let's, let's make a movement Westoff to the wing. Mm. Uh, one great club has asked Ollie and Rocky, hey. or Ollie or Rocky. What was that? Sorry, Ollie and Rocky, or Ollie or Rocky? I think there's a, a home for both of them. Mm. I think we need both of them. Yeah, I think at this point they can coexist until proven yeah. otherwise. Correct. Yeah. Uh, AFL 2004 has asked: Have we proved anything other than what we already know? Yes. I think we've. We've shown we a bit extra this year, for sure. We spoke. We spoke about it already. Like mm. we're controlling the momentum better. Yep. I guarantee that forward structure is a lot better. Our performance against Brio in in even last year, we wouldn't have been able to limit the amount of goals when they had momentum. Yep. And that even happened against poorer sides, let alone good sides. Yeah. So the fact that when we didn't have momentum. Especially in that second half, you know, like when Fife took that mark and gold, and it's like, you know, in the past it would have been like, oh, here we go, you know, here's the momentum changer, and he kicks that goal, and then they win a clearance, and then they get another goal, and then, oh, and then it gets shaky, and then they get another one and another goal. We we were able to really control the momentum. Yeah. So absolutely. I think I, I think that's definitely noticeable. Yeah, momentum's working I think forward structure is a lot better at the moment. Defensive structure is working as well. So I think we've shown... Look, in in the broader sense, as I've, as I've said a couple of times, we haven't really proven anything because we haven't played anyone all that terrific who's a genuine grand final threat at this point. But that's to come. And uh, Is there, is there going to be a terrific side this year or is there always just going to be a an asterisk with every side because of, because of COVID. Well, look, to be honest, isn't this the premiership that you want to win? Why, why does this I... premiership have to have an asterisk next to it? With all the drama that the players have had to go through and all the, the hard work and, you know, stopping and starting and different rules and hubs and, you know, we may not get any home games now for the rest of the season at this rate. If we win this premiership, it's a fucking magnificent premiership to win, to be honest. Absolutely. It's the premiership yeah. you want to win, I reckon, because it's just yeah. about the hardest one to win. Against all odds. Against all odds, that's right. Uh, CT Power has asked, um, four years on from the 2016 draft in which we traded away a future first rounder to get four picks inside the top 30, was it a win or have we merely broken even? Oh, well, who'd we pick? We picked... 
Well, this is the draft that we... 2016, we picked Todd Marshall and Pau Pepper. Yeah. And we had and we got Atley and Drew as well. Well... I... Well, Marshall I and Pau Pepper, I think, is a win. I think it's at least break even. Yeah. At least break even. I mean, Drew... I don't know. I mean, Drew's injured, but I, I thought Drew was showing promise last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's still young. He's got a bit of time. Um, Atlee, I think you're a big fan, but I think he's probably on his last legs. Yeah, he needs to probably pull something out of the box this year to uh, to stay on the list, I would think. I think Drew gets another chance. Uh, Pal Peppers, you know, he's held his own, and Marshall, I think, has been pretty good as well, So, and it's only well, going to get better. Rocky, but Rocky really is on his last legs, right? He, well, he's maybe got this season and one more season because I mean he is getting slow. Yeah. Um, and if Wines goes as well um, this year, I mean Drew's. There's probably a place for Drew come next year. Yes, I would think so. Yeah, I would think so for sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's still got a bit of an asterisk next to that one, but I think at this point we've broken even. Yep. Um, right, uh, CT Power has also asked, uh, in three years' time, how many of last night's team will have retired? Oh, I think Robbie, Westoff, Rockcliffe, yep. Bloke, Boke. Bloke, Travis Bloke. Bloke, Travis Bloke, Motlop. Brad Egbert as well. Brad Egbert, Tom Jonas, potentially. Yeah, McKenzie, <laughs> that's, what, that, possibly. McKenzie, that's, that's eight or nine players. Yeah. So yeah, I guess there's gonna there's gonna c- continue to be a bit of um, roster transition, and I guess that was probably you know with the postseason talk last year and stuff. You know, we I guess I was sort of talking to you about maybe we need to transition a couple of these players on because we weren't performing, we weren't making finals, and we weren't providing consistency. And some of those older players were, um, I think, were up for grabs because. Uh, how long do you persist with it? So I think yeah. it's a very good question. I think it shows that at the end of this year, a couple of those have to move on. And I think if Pinkley continues to remain loyal, um, I think it is going to be to the, his detriment. Yeah. Yes. Um, last question from Dusty Rap is, if Brad Ebert retired today, who's had a better career, Brad Ebert or Brett Ebert? Well, I think uh, Brad Evert's done better than Patrick Dangerfield, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, I don't know. I, I liked Brad Evert. Well, I, I think look, he, I, I think, think he wasn't always used well, Brett. Brett certainly wasn't used well. Um, I thought he was a midfielder that got shoved into a forward pocket and had to become, you know, the marking target of the forward line, which. He, was, he, but he should was not good, have been. <laughs> but he was a good marking target for a tiny player. He was, yeah. For a sub-180 player, he was one of the best marks going around. Um, he he probably led to our love affair with small players, really. Yeah. Look, I think yeah. Brett got the absolute most out of himself. I think Brad has probably had the better career in that, you know, he's become a key midfielder in an AFL team who's got a lot of the ball. Um well, look, I think Brett Ebert's almost become a little bit underrated with our supporters now. Um, you know, he, he copped a lot of flack when he was in the team and some of it was warranted, but 
I think a lot of it probably wasn't, you know, in retrospect. Well, he's one of those could have could have been players, you know. Everyone wanted to see a little bit more of him in the midfield, but he didn't get that opportunity. And uh, you know, it'd be like seeing a little bit more of Nick Salter in the forward line. Um, you know, but he still crafted out what 150 odd games, didn't he, Brett? Yeah. 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 You know, so he had a great career at Port Adelaide, and I don't know. I I would say, me personally, I thought I'd say it's probably. Break break even. I think Brad's probably flatlined a little bit more than what I was expecting. Yeah, and his disposal was a bit questionable. Look, Brad looked like uh, hitting some great heights, and then sort of 2015, I think it was, or uh, no, 2016, I think it was. He had a really shocking year, then came back with a monster 2017, 2018. He looked done. Last year he he looked very very shaky, but he's uh, he's obviously come back this year in uh, in some fine form. But um, yeah, look, you know Brett uh, Brett did what he could, and Brad's done what he could. So I'd still yes. probably pick Brad if I had to choose. Really? Yeah, yeah I could see why. I'd I'd take. Uh, I was a, I was in the fanboy club and the, the club of playing in the midfield more, so I'd probably go Brett. Fair enough. Uh, around the grounds, mate, what did you think of... Did you see any other football this weekend? Or uh, I saw a little bit of the Suns Crows. Um, Suns look good. And uh, I haven't seen that yet. I'm about to uh, get the, uh, the lotion out after and watch it after this podcast. <laughs> no, they, look, I mean, I saw intermittent uh, glimpses of uh, that game and I thought, yeah, the Suns... Ran the ball really well. Again, the Crows had no pressure at, at all. I just think they they haven't learned Nix's game plan yet, you know. And uh, I'm not sure he's and, got a game plan at the moment. <laughs> I don't well, think just, his players are capable chip, of, of just performing. chip it around and hold the ball. And I mean, it was great to see Carlton beat Geelong. That was a good win. Very, very good win. Away from away from home, if there is such a thing this season, but. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was a good win, and yeah, West Coast and Richmond are interesting for me. Yeah, they're they're just not firing on all cylinders. Is there is there a, a bit of lack of hunger? I'm sure West Coast missing their home ground advantage with the umpires at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Look, I watched uh, I watched Hawks win. That was uh, quite a convincing win to them over Richmond, who looked uh, terrible. Uh, Collingwood looked very very good. Uh, I think Brisbane looked very very good. Obviously, Carlton um, with that monster win um, mm. was was great for them because look, they were forty two points up, I think, against Geelong at Geelong's home ground. That uh, that doesn't happen often. Yeah, and they're uh, do you know is the AFL uh, Queensland are allowing ten thousand people at yes. the stadiums this week? Beauty, eh? And at least ninety one of them will be Port fans, so that's good. <laughs> Yeah, there's a few Port supporters up there. Mm. But, uh, yeah, well, that's good to see. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they can actually get 10,000 to a neutral game. Yeah. Oh, you'd think they would be able to, for sure. You reckon there'd be starved AFL supporters that would want to watch a game? Oh, I would hope so. Yeah, same. I wonder if Gold Coast and Brisbane members get free or discounted tickets to try and help fill the stadiums. Not sure. But, uh, yeah, 
Maybe we'll have footy back here soon, Macca. Maybe. What do you Maybe. reckon? Maybe. That would be great. That would be great. But what, what do you think is going to happen with the Victorian debacle? I have no idea, mate. I've got no idea at all. Like, it depends how many players get uh, test positive and if it you know goes through other clubs. I mean, it could absolutely ruin the season, potentially, but or it could be an absolute furphy and nothing might happen. So, mm. I'm just taking yeah, it one know. game at a time, mate, this year. One game at a time. Well, it'd be Port's luck to dominate and then the season gets cancelled or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, would be so what happens Murphy's if we law. get to, like, 13 games and then that's it and Port's top of the ladder? If they cancel the season, do we get awarded the premiership for oh, being top? I doubt it. I'm sure they'll play some form of finals at some point. Yeah, even a hybrid version or something. Yeah. So are we making finals this year? Well, let's just wait and see what happens this weekend, I reckon. Come on, Macca. Are we making finals this year? 3 nils a great start. That's not the answer to the question, Macca. <laughs> Are we making uh, finals this year? Come on. At this point, you've got to say yes. Is Brendan Archie going to make 50 games? I don't know. What's he on at the moment? I wouldn't I think know. so. You, you have to do a quick final siren and let me know. I don't I'm, know. I'm on, the, I'm on the phone, so I can't check. Oh, I'm not too sure if he will or not, mate, to be honest. Come on, just do a quick Wikipedia search. He's on, 30, he's on 39. Ah, oh, I reckon he will. Hmm. He'd have to Porsche. do it this year, I reckon. Porsche. Taking you down. <laughs> I told you he'd make 50 games. Mm. He uh, he just seems to not get... He doesn't even have... The ball. He either yeah. doesn't have the confidence to go get the ball enough or he just gets overlooked, which is a shame because his skills are actually pretty good. Yeah. Well, yeah, 13 He's... touches on the weekend, which is not too bad. Yeah. I thought he was okay. I, I I think he could have been used a little bit more, but he he wasn't. But mm. how's our Sam Gray mate going? He's had a pretty good start to the year, I think. Has he really? Yeah, I think he's played some uh, decent footy. He's not really hit the scoreboard though. Um, no. But he's well, getting a little bit of the ball. Maybe they're playing him a little bit high or something. Mm. High half forward. Yeah. Well, look, he's up against Papley, and Papley's had a monster start to the season. So, Well, there's a lot of um, former former player watch poor players now, isn't there? There is. There's quite a few. What about the Chad? How's Chad going? Uh, Chad's had a very good start to the season, mate. He has? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How does that make you feel? Mm, doesn't make me feel anything, to be honest. No, you don't care? Not really. I still think he's a bit vanilla in the midfield, though. Mm, gets the ball, though. Uh, yeah, but I still think he's more spectacular as a player up forward. Yeah. Well, he's been playing up forward. He's kicked six goals for the year, so he's doing okay. all right. I haven't seen a Hawthorne game, so mm. can't tell you. I wish, I wish I had time to watch more football, but anyway. That's it. So, right, lovely. It goes. All right. That is it for this evening. Join us Adios. on Thursday for the preview. Yes. And until then, can't appear. Go the power. Can't pause it. Ports. We're doing it. Pause it.